0: Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. Well, hey, happy Sunday, everybody. Yeah? Oh, it's a lot of energy here today. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm excited for for Thanksgiving holidays. It's actually one of my favorite holidays. So a lot of the Nerf Wars. My daughter was excited for that. We, we do that at our house too. So we're we're ready for that. We have like a big thing of guns ready for you, ready to go for you. Um, and then for the turkey bowl and everything else. Hey, come out. Like no intimidation, Come out and let's have some fun together. But I guess let's get to the word, right? If you could stand with me, right, quick, please. We're gonna be reading out of uh, out of Judges 13. So we're in the series of of following God, following Christ, and doing what He has called for us. I'm going to take a slightly different twist on that today. I'm going to talk about Samson. Um, but I'm going to read his, uh, introduction here. So in chapter 13, verses 1 through 5, it says, "The Israelites again did what was what was the evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Philistines. Um, there was a certain man. Uh, There's a certain man from Zorah." from the family of Dan, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was unable to conceive and had no children. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, It is true that you are unable to conceive and have no children, but you will conceive and give birth to a son. Now please be careful not to drink wine or beer, or to eat anything unclean, for indeed you will conceive and give birth to a son. You must never cut his hair, because the boy will be a Nazarite. To God from birth, and He will begin to save Israel from the power of the Philistines. Then we'll skip ahead to verses 24. So the woman gave birth to a son and named him Samson. The boy grew, and the Lord blessed him. The spirit of the Lord became to stir in him in the camp of Dan between Zora and Estheol. Now I know this is a little bit of a different twist, but I I, I want us to understand the life of Samson. So God. I thank you for this time. I thank you for the opportunity to administer your word. This has been heavy on my heart, and I really pray that we glean something from this word today. As we look at the uh, the life and the uh, the fallacies of Samson, and we see that we have a little bit of him in us, but we also have more of you in us as well. I give you this service, Lord God. Thank you. Amen. All right. You may be seated. All right. So, the story of Samson is a, is a Christophany. Christophany. hope I pronounced that right. It's a Kind of a story that alludes to the life and death of Jesus. As you can see, he had a great calling on his life from the beginning. But there's also some things he didn't do well. Unlike Jesus. Um, are you ready? Make it a little bit funny here today. So it said here, don't cut off his hair, right? Someone wear a little bit of a wig to show it. I can find it. There we go. Hello, like Samson. Look like Samson, yeah. Because <laughs> Samson was handsome, he was strong, he was witty. Everyone wanted to be just like Samson, right? He had it going on, really. And how many of us think we have it going on too in our lives? Everything is going great, nobody can tell us anything. I don't need God, I got it. But that's where we are the most vulnerable. Pastor G said this a couple weeks ago. He said, in the middle is where God is working on a miracle, and we can kind of see it. So we're not down in the dumps, but that's one of the hardest times to follow. Samson lived in the middle a lot through his life. He had a great call on his life from birth; it was written. However, as you will see in his in his in his in his, uh, in his life, there was three things that I want to highlight. What are the consequences of being disobedient, as he was in his life? What is the dichotomy of great strength and weaknesses? And third, God will always redeem you. Because we'll see throughout his life, he never was, he got away from God, but God never left him. And we'll come back to that point last week. Yeah. Appreciate it. You, I know, <laughs> disappointed, right? You think I paid this much for this faith? For the they win? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the consequence of disobedience. So, again, I talked about Samson. He, he had a lot going for himself. But what happened was as he won many battles, think of your life right now. All the battles you've gone through, the trials tribulations you've gone through, and you've overcome them, it's really easy to focus on what you did and not what God did in your situation. It's the human condition. I did this. I don't need anybody to do it. And even think about this. Are you giving God every decision and choice you have in your life? When you get up in the morning and, you know, you say you may, you may pray, you may not pray, and you go out throughout your day, are you giving him every decision when you're driving to work, when you're talking to your children, when you're talking to your spouse, are you truly praying and thinking about what what God wants you to do in those situations? I don't. I try really hard to. Ava can tell you all, my daughter who's here today, I try very, very hard to be patient, kind, and loving, but I fail. I fail. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm myself with that, because essentially is that we have to understand that every decision and choice has to come back to how Jesus and God would want us to react in those situations. Now, in the story of Samson, as he grew more successful, he stopped caring about the consequences of his actions. He stopped worrying about the little things. He cared more about being known for the things that he was doing well. And he got away from honoring God and giving God glory in his successes. Do you all give God glory in all the successes in your life? Every time you get a a promotion, a bonus, you meet somebody special, are you thanking God every single time? Because it really easy is not to. We get caught up in things that we see. That was one of Samson's biggest fallacies is that he got caught up in Delilah and and fame and all these other things that he saw right in front of him. But the things that we see in front of us today will not be there forever. And he lost sight of that. That's why there's a little bit of serpent in each of us. You may not think there is because you say, hey, I, well, I, right, Pastor, I, I got it. I, I got it under control. No, you probably don't. Because the truth of it is we all have to be reminded of the things of God. Because if we aren't reminded, if we aren't dying daily to those things, we're we're, we're victim to, to attack. And that's where the enemy wants us to be. He wants us to be overconfident, egotistical, full of ourselves. That's what—that's exactly what Samson. Where Samson stayed. And when you are full of yourself, you think you can control everything. And this is kind of the series that we're in today. Because when you when you do have successes, a lot of times when those successes happen, we are thinking that we are the root cause of them. Again, we are not. The cause of our success. It is God who gives us the opportunity, with His power, to be successful. When we when we fully get rid of our our view and our control, we're now able to walk fully in His in His purpose. What happened to Samson? Again, throughout his throughout his life, as he won battles and he he uh, he initially saved the Israelites, but didn't. He was walking in God's purpose. I'll, I'll speak to my life directly. As I've been raised up in this church, being a, a, a new pastor, it's been hard. I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. It's been very hard because I feel like it's a tug on my time, a tug on my focus, a tug on other, other priorities, right? But if you don't have your priorities aligned, it's really, really hard to follow the right purpose that God has given us. If your priorities are all messed up, then how can you do anything that's really worth anything? You're just being pulled in multiple directions. We only have so much to give. Last time I was up here, I talked about your faith tank and it running empty. You only have so much to give because we are we are, uh, we are limited. We're truly limited. Even with all his sense and strength, he was limited. He was bound by the blessings that God gave him. How many of us think of our lives as being limited? I mean, that's, that's a sobering thought, right? Like, hey, I can do anything. I can do everything Christ who strengthens me, as it says in Philippians, but that's skewed. We can do things according to his purpose, but we have to have access to him. We have to call on him to, in order to be able to do those things. Yeah. Make sense? Cool. Or even furthermore, for those who play sports or, or have a, a good rhythm, right, you're in a zone. Nobody can tell you anything. I'm, I'm, I'm hot. I'm i I'm on fire. I'm hitting everything that goes up right now, right? But it's the same time. That's the moment in which we, we think that nothing can bring us down. And like I, I mentioned that in my own life, I have a lot of things going well for me, but I am also afraid that everything will be taken away from me in that same moment too. That fear, is, will rob you of the peace that He wants you to have in those in those prosperous times. A lot of us here today may be in a time of of uh, of prosperity, of time of of, uh, of abundance. And no, that's a scary thing to think that all of it can be taken away at a moment's notice. Or you can think that, hey, God is God is good. I don't have to worry about anything. I'm all right. I got this. But that time is the worst time to be in because you're, you're constantly living in a state of instability and you're not at peace. Samson wasn't at peace even though he was, again, he, he was focused on everything else but his purpose. Um, and he was proud. And A lot of times we can be really proud in situations. And that pride allows us to then be um, to, to, to even furthermore uh, vulnerable to attacks as well. Um, in James 4, 6, 8, I wrote this here for us. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before you go to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. So as I was mentioning that the things that we go through, that the, the consequences of disobeying God or not giving him your situations, that creates pride. That, that sense of pride or sense of invincibility is what leads us to a lot of our failures. I'll say it again. Our, our pride will create a sense of invincibility that will lead us to our failures. We can't accept grace when we perceive we're already good. Amen. We can't We can't grow closer to God if we feel as if we already have it all together. Get over yourself. I'll be mean. Get over yourself. Because when you, have to, when you have to get over yourself, you're allowing God to get inside of you. Not to be mean, but we all have an ego. And even a little bit of one. You can think, I don't need help. I got this. But we need them. We can't have this peace and purpose if we're constantly polluting it with our own agendas. Our agendas lead to death, while God's agendas leads to life and life abundantly, here and in heaven. Again, that's one of the things that we have to remember that when we don't obey and we don't abide in him, we are we are going to be at risk of losing it all. All right. We good so far? Is that too deep? Good. All right. Cool. Trying to relax. Trying to relax and be cool up here. All right. So the dichotomy of weakness and strength. So I'm a pretty big guy. Right. I think I'm kind of strong. I like to work out a little bit. Right. But if I think that I'm strong enough to do everything by myself, I'm really weak, weak minded. Tracy said a couple weeks ago, she said, church is one of the few places where it's okay to admit you're weak. And the sad part of it is, is it stops here. If you go to your job and you say, Hey, boss, person in charge, I can't do this. I need help. They're gonna not they're gonna think they can't count on you. And that's the sad part of it. You go to your spouse and you ask for help, you may they may start to think that they can't count on you especially if it's not a safe place for you to confide in them. If you go to your teacher, if you're in school, and you say, hey, I need help, it's, it's an insecure feeling to ask for help, to be weak, to be vulnerable. But God wants us to be vulnerable. How often was Sam vulnerable, I mean, Samson vulnerable? He was never vulnerable or never outwardly showed it. He played tricks and riddles and lied to hide to hide his shame, to hide his insecurities. How many of us do that now? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. But your home is in turmoil. You and your wife are arguing. Your kids are doing whatever they're doing. But just saying, like, everyone's going through things, but we are too proud to admit that we're weak, even to God. We may do a, a false sense of bravado of thinking that we don't need anybody. God has, he's too busy to to worry about my little issues right now. But the little things are what he we have to give him too. The little things lead to big things when we don't adequately give them to him. We push others away. We're meant to be a body of Christ. But when we push other people away, we can't allow God to to grow in our weaknesses, to grow in our vulnerabilities. And when you are trying to accomplish big things, you have have to have people around you to do that. You're not doing it by yourself, as I mentioned earlier. Our strength is found when we let go. And that's why I titled this today. When we let go of who we are, we are now able to gain more of him. Um, what are your desires? What do you want to be? Like, who do, what do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up, Pastor? Do you want to be a pastor? Is that what you want to be? I'm just kidding. Now, I don't, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I think I'm doing okay right now as a father and as a husband, but I have no idea what I do. Yes, I have this new calling of being a pastor and spreading the word of God, but I, I still to this day don't know what I want to do. I feel every day I have an identity crisis. It's weird. I mean, have you ever felt like that? You're, you're older, you think I have it all together, and I'm like, okay, I think this is okay. But then you still have this back question in the back of your mind. It's like, am I really doing everything I'm supposed to be doing right now? Even though you believe, you pray, you have a purpose, you're, you think you're Samson, like I'm supposed to save the save the Israelites. But then you still question them. And you worry about other things. They're distracting you from your call. They're taking you away. That's where we have to focus and remind ourselves that we have to admit admit where we're weak, mentally, spiritually, and physically. Because that's where God moves. God moves when we're there. When we we don't know where we want to be and we ask God who he wants us to be, we will not have that clarity. We won't be arrogant. We won't be proud. Because that's what he wants. He wants us to be humbled. But not to be humble, because if you are proud, he will humble you, right? He will definitely humble you. But he want to come to him and say, hey, God, I don't know what I need to do, but I want you to show me what I want to do. When you come to him with open arms, open mind, and open hearts, he is not going to just be a mute to you. He's going to talk to you. He will give you the answers. But you have to continue to seek and pray. It's not just that, God, I, I think I, I'm not sure what I need to do. But I need to answer. Can you give me a call back a little bit? Okay, I'll wait for your call or text. That's not how it works. Keep seeking him. Keep seeking him, and keep seeking him, because if you continue to knock on the door, he's going to answer. He, that's what I said. Samson didn't do that. Samson was given it all, and he tried to do it by himself and let it go. How many of us do that? We let it go. We get a little bit of a blessing, a little bit of a miracle, and we off and running. Thanks. It's got to be more than that. I want you all to have a life abundantly all the time. But with that, you have to continue to seek him all the time. When you don't do it and you have that inconsistency, you're going to have an inconsistent relationship with him. That's just the truth. We are what we, what we put out there. When we don't have, think of your marriages, think of your relationships. When you don't put your all into it, you're not going to get all of it back. It's just the truth. You reap and you sow. When you don't fully give yourself to something, you do not expect to get it back the way you did, the way it's supposed to be given. Don't be drunk on your own success or thinking that you have it all together. Uh, because when you think you have it all together and you think that I, I'm giving all I'm supposed to be giving, you probably have a little more to give. Just be real. <laughs> right? There's always more to give. I, my wife and I argue all the time about communication, this, that, or third. right? Love my wife to death. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I did all this, I did all this. No, could you have done more? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and I'll never tell her that. She's probably right hearing right now. But the truth of it is we have to be able to look inside of ourselves and realize where are we weak. And it's okay to admit you're weak in an area. It's not okay to, to, be, a, to, to, to be proud or think that you're better than what you have to be, that you're better than changing. We all can change. We all can grow. And We're all supposed to grow and change. We are not supposed to be the same way we were yesterday, five years ago, ten years ago. And we will not be the same as we are today, five years from now, 20 years from now. We are going to change. It is up to us to determine where that change and how that change will be. Samson had a great calling on his life at the beginning, and he gradually declined. Do you want your life to be like that? You have an opportunity to change the direction of your life. Coming to church is one thing. But living that path every single day is the other. Because that is what gradual change, gradually getting to where Christ wants you to be, having the identity of knowing who he wants you to be is. Because we're walking that every single day. In Ecclesiastes, he talks about chasing the wind. Because a lot of times we, we chase after things that are meaningless. He says, I looked at everything as I had worked so hard to accomplish It is also meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile. And furthermore, in 13, he says, Wisdom is better than foolishness, just just as a light is better than darkness. For the wise can see where they are going, but fools walk in the dark. Who is wiser? You or God? Because as I just mentioned, when we don't know who we are, we don't know what we're doing, we don't know our vulnerabilities or our weaknesses, are we wise? No. We're questioning everything. The world we're in today questions everything. Hey, does the vaccine work? Does it not? Is the right left or is the, or is the right right or is the left right? Yeah. Does it matter? Because I mean, does not matter? We have to be seeking him because he's the only person who knows what's right. right. If you follow a fool, you will be foolish. Wow. The truth of it is, is that we have to stop worrying about everything else around us because what we see is not going to be forever. It's chasing the wind. It's chasing the wind. When we, when we seek other people's admirations and confirmation, we will always, always, always be left lacking and wanting more. We're wanting more answers all the time. But are we asking the right person for answers? We have to be consistent in who we ask all the time, every day. Because if we don't, we're going to always be living in a state of, of insecurity, vulnerability, and weakness. Okay. Samson was, again, tricked by Deliah. Had his Delilah had his hair cut and then was bound and blinded by his enemies. In our lives, there are Delilahs all around us. They're waiting to trap us by the things that we like to see that make us feel good, Whether whatever it is. It's not just about um, a man and a female and promiscuity. It's more than that. It's much more than that. Lust of your eyes is much more than physical. It's going to be in a lot of different areas. What is capturing your hearts right now? Are you even aware of it? Do you have someone who's going to keep you accountable to these things? Samson didn't, because he didn't let anyone in. He'd never let anyone in to tell him, hey, you need to watch out for that. His parents attempted to, but then they stopped. They let him marry a woman that he wasn't supposed to. How many people in your life are trying to talk to you about something right now, Who you, who is wise counsel, of course, who is trying to tell you not to do something, but you continue to do it anyway? Are you going back to a bad relationship? Are you going back to a job that you're not supposed to be yet? Are you, are you teaching your children how, they, how you they should be growing up? Like, those are the things that we have to be aware of. Like I so said, I'll raise my hand here. People tell me stuff all the time, but if I think I know better than them, I'm not going to listen to them. I'm not a dumb person. I got it. I've I noticed. I got this, right? But no, in, true, in that reality is that we have to, have to, have to be aware of where we're at and the battles that we're in. Half the time in a battle, if you don't know where you are, in terms of the, the situation and what battle needs to be fought, how can you win? We are already operating from a place of victory. But how can you but how can you apply it to that situation if you don't know where you're at? You have to have a strategy. You have to be able to come to people and and come to a place to where I know where I need to go. We're in continuous cycles all the time of of pain and turmoil. But without self control, we can't win. We can't we can't give God that we can't give God that situation because we're not with him. Um, is this all right? No, am I going too fast? Okay. All right. Appreciate it. All right. I spoke of Delilah and, and how he tricked them. Do you think Samson would have been tricked by Delilah, if I can say that name, Delilah, if, if, if he was continually listening to God, if he was spending time with them, I would like to think no. I would like to think no, because in those situations that we all come to, If we are seeking and having wild counsel and if we are abiding in him and remaining in him, we won't fall fall victim to those traps. I was afraid of him this morning. He said, no weapon can prosper. Those weapons won't prosper when we rely on him to protect us. When we put him on those situations, he will bring us out of those situations or not even let us be in them in the beginning." In John it's spoken of, it says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's, served, if it's severed excuse me, from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Those those Samson moments that we all have, those happen because we're not remaining in him. It's the truth. It's, it stinks. Like I said, we can't get caught up in, in what we think is right. We can't get caught up in the fruit that we think we've borne. Because we can't bear fruit. We can't bear healthy fruit by ourselves. We have to be attached to the vine at all times. At all times. Because God's faithfulness is there on the vine. His fruits are there. Fruits of the spirits are on the vine. Grace, mercy, love, abundance. Those things are there freely. But you have to hold on to the vine to get to it. You have to hold on to it. Remind, remain here. Wrap yourselves up in it, right? You know, it's fun. It's fun to be in God's presence. Like, we come to church today, we have worship, we're in his presence, then we go back on Monday and we just slow again, slow again. Oh, I got excited to meet this deadline. Oh, my kids are acting crazy. Whatever it is, right? But that's the truth of it. We have to remain in him. Because if we don't, those day-to-day things that we go through Monday through Saturday are going to start attacking us. And we think we're, we're strong enough to take it, but we're just steadily going down here, going down and going down and we're not remaining on God's strength to just let it go and remain in him and let him hold those things that are beating us down. When we allow him to bolster us, to protect us, to be around us, now we are abiding in him. We are admitting our weaknesses allowing him to strengthen us. And we don't have to worry about the consequences of not abiding in him and not listening to him along the way because he's there. He's holding us up. He is protecting us. He's not going to let Delilah mess me up. <laughs> you know, like that's what it's about. We have to realize that when we draw near to him, he will never, never, never abandon us. Even when you don't think he's there, he is always there. In Samson's last moments, he prayed, God, the sovereign Lord, remember me again. God, please strengthen me just one more time. He came and he strengthened him, And he was able to defeat his enemies with his last breath. Don't let your last breath be that prayer. (laughs) It's a sobering thing to say, but the thing is that you want to take away from this is that despite Samson's disobedience, God never left him. God is not leaving you in your situation right now. Whatever it is, money, health, relationships, children, I I can go on and on about the issues of the world, right? But do not step away and stop seeking him. Abide in him, pray to him daily, consistently, fervently. Again, we can be as passionate about all the things that we see in this world, but if we're not passionately seeking him and enjoying the things that he has for us, then we fully can't experience the peace that comes from his love. Because when we do, we will have a life of abundance. We will have a life more than just contentment. Again, contentment is great, but we can have happiness. I don't know about you, but I like to be happy. I like to laugh. I like to love. I like to joke around and, and be with fellow believers here today and all the people throughout the throughout the week. But what is life about if we can't laugh and love? That's, right. That's one thing about Samson. He did do He liked to laugh. <laughs> he did do that, even though he may laugh sometimes, but he did like to laugh. <laughs> but the point of it is that when you abide in him, God is not calling us to be doom and gloom and do this and do that. Yes, there's rules in place, right? But rules are for a reason. But he wants us to smile, laugh, love. We get away from that. So often we let these differences, these 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 obstacles take us away from just experience the joy of just being here with each other. Amen. Just laugh and love. Because Samson loved to laugh. That's one thing I, I thought about was very under, un- underwritten was that Despite his uh, his mistakes, he did laugh like to laugh and crack jokes and what we have to do is be amongst other believers and enjoy each other's time. Amen. We have to we have to um, Can you imagine what what Samson's life would have been like if he had just listened from the very beginning? because as we think about our lives today as I kind of get to kind of the conclusion today is that... We have to get to a place that we listen to, to what he has for us all the time. I mentioned that earlier. Not just, with the, not just with the big things, but with the small things too. The small things and the big things, when they are combined with his love, with his guidance, with his grace, we are now able to fully have the joy and the happiness that he has for us. Letting go of who we are to gain more of him. Again, let go of who you are and let your identity be known as a believer of Christ. When we are able to do that, we will be able to resist the temptations. Our thoughts will change, as it says in Philippians 4. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Our strength is now renewed every single day because we've now given our worries and our cares to God. And also the grace that when we do mess up, it's okay to mess up. A lot of times we have to be okay making a mistake. As for so many people, we let our mistakes define us instead of just letting God define us. It's okay to make a mistake. It really is. What's not okay is you allowing yourself to, to lie to yourself and to others around you because you don't want to admit your, your weaknesses. Pride will take you away from God's love and from God's praise. It will. Be okay making a mistake. Be okay laughing about your mistakes with other people. Or God's going to laugh at you too. I have a a very good uh, feeling that he has a sense of humor as well. (laughs) You know what I mean? Allow yourselves to be changed by him. We can change our lives when we let go and gain more of him. And the verse I was going to end on is this. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, those insults, the hardships, the persecutions, and the troubles I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Remember, it is okay to be weak because we can laugh about it, love about it, and love with it and receive grace from Him and others around us. Don't let, don't let your life be a continuous cycle of failures, shame, and arrogance. We have so much more to live for. We have every day to be thankful for. Allow your allow those Samson moments to be just a moment, and not the definition of your life. All right, Lord, I thank you for this time. I know as I was challenged with this message and I was reading the story of Samson, I was I had a bunch of things that was on my heart, but more than anything, Lord God, I I just pray, I just pray that everyone has an opportunity to allow you to examine their hearts to remove the Delilahs in their their ways for they can see your will, your purpose in their life. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to give myself to this congregation today. I thank you and hope that the love that you have shown me, that permeates to everyone here today. For we, we, we need your grace, we need your love in all that we do, Lord God. We thank you. We give you this day. We give you this service, Lord God. And for any of those who need anything, just let them ask, for you will never leave them abandoned. Thank you.
1: Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you stand? Yes. I love the part we say, when Pastor Joaquim said, we all have a little Samson in us. Because Samson, he was he was strong, had a lot of a lot of muscles, but he relied too much on his own strength. Now you know we get in trouble, right? And when we rely on our own strength, on our own wisdom, amen. We we fall into the to the trap. We fall into the Delilah trap, amen. Um, and so, as I said a, a few weeks ago, um, when you know, God loves it when we are weak, when we let him know that we are weak because his, his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. So we have to get to the point in our lives when we say, God, I'm, I'm not okay. I'm, I'm not okay. It's so much power because it says the power of Christ will rest on you. It won't, It's not going to just fall on you. It's going to rest on you so that means God will strengthen you when we, we acknowledge him, we acknowledge that we are weak, that means we need him right and so it's, it's, it's okay not to be okay <laughs> right, it's okay has anybody been in a place where they just weren't they just weren't okay it, it, you might be in that place now right, just say God I'm not okay the situation that I'm in right now—it's not okay, man. God, I believe God gets excited when 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 we do that because then now we surrender our, our lives or the situation uh, to Him. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. Maybe it's just me. Kind of feels like it's just me up here. But God, I'm not okay. Wow, he's going to do amazing things. God, I'm not okay. That means I give you access to my life. God, I'm not okay. Amen. I need your direction. I need your guidance. I need your wisdom. Hallelujah. Let your spirit rest on me. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a word this morning. I enjoy that. Amen. I hope you enjoyed it.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.